about everybody like we've already I've already judged your shoes and your oh shit your ja- like <laughs> oh and everybody just bad. looks at everybody else and we just have nasty things and like imagine you're in a room and I just hear all the judgment <laughs> shitty things <laughs> constantly if I had a superpower to read minds I would just stay home humming in the shower you see I, th- I think I think you'd be surprised I think you'd find that most of the people are saying nasty things but about like themselves that's because true because I was judging my shoes my pants myself that's very like, deep you know I mean? that's like very true but yeah. I also I just feel well, maybe it's just me. Maybe the nasty things I yeah. think. If I, if anyone ever hears my thoughts, I will have no friends. To be honest, I'm looking at this dude down the front, and I don't want to hear his thoughts. Like I know, yeah. he's just like, I'm gonna kill him. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have sex with him. <laughs> corpse in the parking lot. It like, might arouse you. Like, oh. <laughs> Although to be honest, I could use the warning. I, could <laughs> use the <laughs> I need to know what's going on with that. Um. Okay. So, what is your one weird trick? You know how on the internet they're always like. There was like a, ah, uh, Joburg housewife made a million dollars with this one weird trick. Joburg weird house trick. husband uh, increased the size of his dick with this one weird trick. <laughs> What's your one weird okay, trick? Actually, this, uh, this question has come up before. Um, when I was in uh, Montreal at the Just for Laughs, they, okay. the Facebook people were trying to get Facebook Live to be like a thing. So they were just baiting comics at the after party to okay. come into this booth. And then they made us go on our own Facebook Live for our own little fan page. Okay. I had like 20 likes at the time. So I was like, that's fine. 23 now. So 23. Well, respect. now I mean, this was a few years ago. <laughs> it's gone up. But this is what they did. Now I, they, I'm like talking to my own people. They take your phone. Right. They connect you to Wi-Fi. And then you're talking. And then they spun 
a wheel, and the question was, what's your one weird trick? Really? Yeah. I, was like, oh, I thought I'd been so original with that question, I'm going to kill myself. No. And the okay. thing is, my one weird trick, it doesn't translate very well in podcast land, okay? okay. But I, I'll show the people here what my one weird trick is. Okay. And this was yeah. my high school trick. So now I have very weird hips, which means that I can turn my feet literally backwards. Oh, my okay? God. It's quite disgusting. You can make men feel like they're having it in the front <laughs> <laughs> That is accurate. But you see, now I... <laughs> who says we come here with prepared jokes? <laughs> but now I did this on my own Facebook Live thinking uh. my 20 fans are not going to care. Who cares? What they didn't tell me was that they were showing how boosting works because this was about two, three years ago. Okay. So then they sponsored the post and over a million people saw me oh, turning wow. my feedback. The trolls. No one said anal sex. A lot of people told me my parents should have drowned me at birth though. <laughs> so, um, well, it, fair it enough. That's what the internet is for. Was shameful. No one could see on the podcast though, but I put my feet backwards in the in the not yeah, cool way, not like a ballerina, like yeah, the awkward direction. Turn her feet to face the like back, a pigeon yeah. toe. They used now to call the me anal Stewie sex at joke makes sense to you. <laughs> <laughs> so my friend looks like a front bum. So okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that is a pretty weird trick. I'll, I'll give you like the, like no, nobody's, it's not nobody's sexy got though. anything that's vaguely as interesting. I don't know what 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 uh, what do other people have. I don't know, but it's not going to make me a million dollars or increase the size of my dick. That's all I want Well, I feel like if you don't think a front bum will increase the size <laughs> of your dick, <laughs> you need to watch more porn. Oh, man. <laughs> or, or less. It doesn't or less. get bigger when get you get excited. Anymore unless I'm watching Chinese girls get <laughs> spanked with a wet celery. Celery, <laughs> 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 not salary. Have you ever been arrested? <laughs> <laughs> this is... I feel like this is a racist question because I'm a white female and oh we generically yeah. all get you know, arrested. You know the weirdest thing? <laughs> the weirdest thing was last week. Yes. Nikolai said a very similar thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's but, I mean, he is also a not man. a white. Yeah, so he's that's not a white less female, of a stereotype yeah. for arrested. It is no, you're right. typically. I mean, look at Vicky Momberg. We're all just going to prison these days. It's true. <laughs> Penny Sparrow, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we know what you um, did. Is that what you said? <laughs> I got arrested for. No, I did get arrested. Oh, okay. Um, I have been arrested. I actually have a criminal record. Oh, wow. And it's... Uh, I know. Oh, wow. Don't be excited. That is two podcasts <laughs> in a row where people actually have... A, this is the best question I've ever tragic. asked <laughs> And you just wouldn't think it when you look yeah. at me. But uh, it, do you know why I got a what criminal record? Because yeah, did I didn't bribe did anyone. I was so honest that oh, it backfired. No, you did something criminal. That's why you've got a criminal well, record. I, I, I had three... <laughs> <laughs> technically, to be fair, all props to the South African Police Service. They didn't make any mistakes and okay. I did break the law. Okay. I had three cocktails and I drove my car. Okay. So I had been in Camp Spade doing sundowners and I was driving home. Now my passenger is the real failure in the story because my passenger window wouldn't go up or down. It was broken. And then he was like, and he wanted to spit and he was trying to wind down the window. And I was like, bruh, swallow because that doesn't work. And then the little asshole opened the passenger door and spat and there was a cop car behind me and they thought I was being uh. hijacked. So they pulled me over and they were like, ma'am, please get out of the car. But then I stumbled out of the car. They told me to get out of the car for my ah, own safety <laughs> because of my passenger. And then um, they smelled alcohol on me. Long story short, I spent the night in a prison cell. And um, there was only one other woman in the prison cell with me. She was naked, though. <laughs> 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 but I did, I did the thing 
where you know you're just like, ah, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. You just like your white privilege is flaring, and you're like, I've never really been in trouble. Let me just go along. I'll figure out a way to get out of this. They took my blood. They did the whole thing, and then I was like making friends with them. The World Cup had just finished. It was January 2011. Okay. Yeah. All like, goodwill <laughs> was finished now. That I was like I was shaking every policeman's hand and thanking them for waka waka. <laughs> I was like <laughs> running around. Yeah, you were wasted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Even in court where the judge was like, well, was it two hours or three hours? I was like, you're on I was drunk. I don't know. No, I didn't say that. But um, I couldn't remember, to be honest. But basically, I got found not guilty for drunk driving, but guilty for driving with blood alcohol. And that was after appearing in court for four years. What does that mean? It means that all the... I had one over. And even in the morning when they let me out of prison, because I got arrested on a Sunday night. Because if you get arrested on a Friday, they only let you out on Monday morning. So I was pretty lucky that it was Sunday night, 11 p.m. Monday morning came, and then off I went. And then they were like, we've got to take a headshot. Now I'm having all those Lindsay Lohan flashbacks. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's going to haunt me forever. So I was like, please. Because I've been crying. I've been crying. you got a mugshot out there somewhere. Yes. Ah, But I asked asked them if I could do my makeup first, so they <laughs> let me. <laughs> so I did my makeup, and I did my hair, and I proper did, like, duck face in my mugshot. <laughs> so when I saw it in the court case two years later, I was like, I look cute. And like, <laughs> there's no way that they, they were like, yeah, she wasn't drunk. Look at her. She looks But you know what the best fine. thing about that is? is mm. As you age and just your body breaks down. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Because, yeah, you're going to look less <laughs> and less like your mugshot. They're never going to recognize you as the hardened criminal you that's, once that's were. That's a painful thing to say five <laughs> yeah. days before my 35th birthday. <laughs> oh, man, I'm 39. I'm allowed to say these uh, things. I'm yeah, broken. Your well, ovaries aren't dying, Warren. <laughs> you know, I had, a, I had a moment the other day where I looked at myself in the mirror and I thought, like, I no longer look like the image of myself in my head. Like, I've got an image of myself in my head. I look like if that image of myself and a scrotum had had sex, <laughs> then that's, that's, the, like, that's what I look like. It's horrible. Yeah. Uh, I know. I start to see my mom when I look in the mirror now. Oof. Yeah, it's very, very difficult to deal with. Anyway, let's, let's start your life because you, you've, you've got a kind of a weird life. Um, okay. No, I mean, you do. Because you, you've, you've taught overseas. You've yes. Okay, let's start with that. Like, okay, so you've taught overseas. That was when? You were straight out of school? No. Um, I went when I was 25 because yeah. I didn't know I wanted to be a comedian until I was 28. And um, I did a university degree. And then I taught at UCT for a okay. year or two because I still studied film and I was a lecturer. And then I didn't have a career option. And then I heard the word Korea and I thought, mm-hmm. Korea sounds like <laughs> Korea. So let me go teach English oh, there. Oh, <laughs> that's some quality <laughs> joke there. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, but no, literally I was broke. I was a struggling actress being on stage. And as a woman, being funny was irrelevant. Right. So I never translated that into stand-up. So I was a failed actress. I was like the girl at the back with the weird rubber face. And so then... I was broke, and all my friends had gone to Korea to teach English, and I thought I'd actually been broken up with a guy who dumped me to go teach English in Korea a year before. Oh, wow. And then a year later, I was like, I'm going to go too. I bet he wasn't freaked out by that at all. (laughs) (laughs) I went to a different city, but it was maybe slightly motivated by him. Okay. So, yeah, so I went to South Korea, and I taught English there. And it's really crazy because you don't need any kind of English lessons as a you just have to be first language english you don't need to care about children everyone there is either paying off a credit card or has no idea what they want to do with their lives okay you mean the teachers not the kids oh the teachers yes yeah. so everyone who's left alone with the kids, <laughs> the kids i mean the credit card debt and young yeah. children these days with the apps i don't know but um so no it was absolutely crazy when i was there and um 
So you're there and you, nobody speaks English, but they give you a Korean co-teacher whose first language is English. And, um, well, whose first language? No, like, uh, see, look okay. at me. Whose second language is English, but she, her whole job is to translate for, you, for the parents because you've got 30 kids who don't understand. Okay. Like, I learned how to say, do you understand, in Korean, just to ask my children because they would nod at everything. And then I was like, arasoyo, and then they were like, mulayo. So, arso okay. means, do you understand? Mulayo means, no, we don't. So, then her job, but she was actually medically bipolar, my Korean co-teacher, okay. right? So, she, she was also, she had two master's degrees, and she hated me completely, because I'm there with a film degree <laughs> and a lot of alcohol on the weekends, and there I am in control of the class, and her only job is to translate papers for the teachers. Okay. So, now, she used to tell me, you shouldn't have come to Korea. You should have gone to Japan. We don't want you here. And like all the xenophobic things you can imagine. Right. So eventually I was like, you know what? I'm going to quit. I'm going to go to the principal. But now the principal can't speak any English either. <laughs> now my only translator is the lady <laughs> who hates, who thinks I'm terrible. So now I'm sitting with the principal and she's like, says something in Korean, translated by this lady whose English name was Amy. And Amy says to me, she says, why do you want to quit? <laughs> so now I'm looking at Amy like, why don't you just tell her? And then Amy's like, no, you have it. So I'm like, can you, like now in your brain, you're like, now must I tell Amy to tell her, well, I want to quit because you're a bitch. <laughs> you're like, how are you going to translate that? So you're like, tell her, I think you're a bitch. And she can be like, she thinks she's a useless teacher. <laughs> like, I don't know what she's <laughs> translating. So I'm literally looking at this principal, like begging her to, so, yeah, basically, at the end of that uh, conversation, I kept working there for six months because <laughs> I was just like, Amy, tell her why I need to quit. And Amy was like, you need, it was like this, this, this look off. And um, <laughs> Amy didn't tell her why. And the, the school principal didn't have a reasonable reason. And then I kept working there. And a year later, Amy sent me an email saying she has been, had been diagnosed bipolar and oh, she I apologized see. for how badly she treated me the entire time. That's really nice of her. What? I had, a, I, had a guy, <laughs> I had a guy send me a message from Australia who I went to school with recently mm -hmm. to apologize for bullying me when I was at school. And my reply was, yeah, it's fine. I got a whole one-man show off of you. <laughs> Okay. Well, Amy, yeah. thank you. I got a there podcast. You go. Like you got a minute I'm on a sure podcast. I'm sure this podcast is going to reach her, yeah. and and she's yeah. going to be grateful. Maybe. But you you travel a lot, right? You go yeah. overseas like, quite a bit. I mean, you've you've started doing comedy recently overseas as well. Mm, yeah. So I I um I went to New York to do comedy. Woo! Which is exciting. Like Trevor Noah, except I have boobs and privilege, <laughs> like double <laughs> double whammy, and I have bigger audiences for my podcasts. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so the, the, the way I went to New York was actually my boyfriend at the time gave me a ticket to New York City because he knew that my biggest fear in the hypothetically perform in New York. So for Christmas, he gave me a puzzle, and I was like, what a lame present. But on the puzzle, <laughs> it said, if you accept the challenge, you will be rewarded. So when you tipped out the puzzle, because it was like a wooden puzzle that was pre-made, right. so you had to tip out the wooden pieces and taped onto the back of the puzzle, like on the base, was the details of the flight from Cape Town 
to Joburg to Hong Kong. Maybe to New it's York. not the Spanish accent you like. It's the yeah. ridiculous amount of money. He was a, he was a waiter when we started dating. <laughs> I supported him, and now he's a vice president. So date me. I'll make your career. And he's then a he vice president me. of what? Uh, the company he used to be a oh, waiter oh, okay. for. So <laughs> now the vice president yeah, of Argentina. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> but, um, so he gave me the ticket to New York. So it's not like New York invited me or anything. And then I was there. And I hustled, and I made my way up through the ranks, and it was exciting because South African comedy, like proper shout out, like our level of comedy is really, really world class, and and also they liked our accent. I don't know. So then I'd work my way through the ranks in New York, and I'd been invited to perform at a few prestigious clubs, and then I managed to hustle my way onto the stage at the New York Comedy Club, and that's like, that's like when you arrive there, they've got the framed faces of everyone who's played there before. And they've got like Robin Williams and Chris Rock and Bill Cosby, but then they kind of got a little <laughs> curtain there, <laughs> like reveal at really? your they own consent. No, I'm joking. They really should, though. They should, yeah. yeah. Like Louis C.K. and Bill Cosby have yeah. like a, only if you consent to see the space. <laughs> <laughs> Something they've never understood. But um, so, no, but for real, like I'm there and you're standing in the footsteps of giants. And now I'm backstage and it just happened to be that all the other comedians on the lineup who were American were African American men. Okay. And we have to say African American to honor their preference because we would just say black men in South Africa because right. we're a lot more racially f- like flippant. Intolerant. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right. We started with Petty Sparrow and we're yeah. now going here. No, but, but like as South Africans, we, we can talk about race. That's the one thing as a country, like it's yeah. very flawed, but at least we talk about the wounds. So now, now I'm backstage and they're already looking at me like you're a white South African, apartheid. And I'm like, no, not me, just my parents, you know, and I'm trying to like get, get in there like, and be cool. And then one of my friends who lived in New York is an accountant and his name's Ross Wenzel. And if you know surnames, you can tell that's a colored South African man. So now Ross was in the front row at the show. So now the host comes backstage and he's like, yo, man, it's a dope audience. This is cool. Um, there's a South African guy in the front. You know him? And I'm like, yeah, that colored guy, he's my friend Ross. And now I realize, as I say it, there's like a record scratch because ah. the word colored in America is... Like, I full-on Penny yeah. Sparrow. Yeah, Trevor Noah's got, like, a whole section. Yeah, yeah and, yeah. like, now I'm a white South African, South African for a start. Right. So they already didn't like me. Now I've said colored. Now I'm like, oh, I just heard what you heard. Okay, let me break it down for you. Because now there's five African-American comedians staring at me. And these men are like, and I'm like, okay, okay. So colored and black are different races in South Africa. We've got black, white, colored, Indian, and black and colored don't identify. And then the one guy is literally like, can you just stop saying the word at least? <laughs> and I was like, touche. It's not offensive in my country, but I respect that it is here. Okay, so that word and black don't identify with each other. Although they can if they, all right, this is complicated. Yeah, I was about to say, we don't have to, we don't have to dig this a lot deeper. It's such a complicated done, yeah. identity. So I'm literally going, um, well, <laughs> so Jan van Riebeck arrived in South Africa. <laughs> like, I'm like, how far back do I have to go to clean this up? And in my flailing, digging my own grave, I, I panic and I say, no, there's even a carnival in Cape Town on the 2nd of oh January. God. It's a proud thing. They're very proud of their identity. I promise you, there's white face paint, there's trumpets, there's sparkles and glitter. Like, I'm literally saying this in my corner. And then the one guy goes, I've just Googled colored carnival and uh, nothing's coming up. And what does this idiot over here say? Yeah, we know what you said. We know what you said. You, have you to don't Google have to say it. It's cool. Like I said. <clears throat> Coon carnival. Oh. 
literally, he literally just dropped. He was like, I'm done with her. And I was like, no, it's my country. My roommate's black. Please don't think that I'm not a racist. But really, South Africa has given us a lot of vocabulary that we cannot travel with. That is the bottom line. I feel like it's very important to ask you this question now. Oh, gosh. Can you be a good person and still like Steve Hoffman? No. <laughs> I didn't think so either, but there's a lot of people that object to that on the but internet. But, like, I mean, how? Because, first of all, his music is terrible. So you can't be a good person and like bad music. No. And you can't be a good person and like a racist. So on what counts can you be a good person and like him? Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm fully in agreement. I'm not, I'm not about to argue with you. I just okay. Like, I just thought I'd give Why you the opportunity to get away from... That weird racist place <laughs> that you put us in. It's not a weird racist place. I'll do you believe in ghosts? I do actually believe in ghosts. Really? Yes. Yes! <laughs> Did you think I was going to say no? <laughs> my name is Angel. I was raised by a hippie. Okay. My, my dad's first wife died, um, and so my mom was the second wife, who was 30 years younger <laughs> than him. Yeah, and and the dad. first wife, probably. Yeah, what's up, dad? <laughs> yeah. He's also dead now, so his ghost hey, is Hey, go with your us. dad. He's got everything I want. <laughs> he died of old age. Like a girlfriend that's what happened. younger than him? Wait, that would make a nine. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me back up on that. No, so my dad was 55 when I was born, okay. and um, my mom was 25. So that's great for them. But his first wife died, and my mom used to be in a conversation with you and then just stop and start talking to her and be like, Betty, it's fine. I'm here. I'm taking care of your husband. And I was like a five-year-old, and I'd be like, Mom, are you talking to a ghost? And she's like, shush. The only thing to be afraid of is fear. I've met your mom before. She never struck me as a drug addict. <laughs> she's sober now, and we're proud of her. <laughs> wow, I'm really glad to hear that. What's the weirdest thing you've ever masturbated to? This podcast. <laughs> I said weird, Angel. No, you know what? Like, sometimes you just need to double-click your mouse, and you'll just be randomly watching TV, but then it'll turn into, like, a murder scene because it's, like, a horror movie or something. <laughs> and then you're like, well, I'm nearly there. I can't see anyone who would walk in right now would think this is what's getting me off. Yeah, every single guy who watched Basic Instinct knows exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> what, if you don't finish like in time, exactly, does it get Yeah, yeah, you've got, you've got literally 30 seconds, Sharon Stone and crossing her legs, and then it gets to the murder again. Well, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Anyway, good. Um, so, so you went to New York that first time, mm -hmm. and you, you worked, but you've been back since, right? Like, yes, I went And I mean, you've been to New York a lot. Yeah, actually, I spent my gap year in New York when I was 18, which was in the year 2001, because uh, I'm 35 almost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Amazing, I know. <laughs> um, but sh so w in 2001, of course, the Twin Towers fell down, and I was in New York City for that, okay. which a lot of Americans who lived in New York, even the Americans who lived in Boston were like, we nearly died. And I was like, calm down. Like, I was in New York City, and I didn't nearly die. Like, it happened at 8 a.m. in the financial district. There was no way I was going to be there. I was in Brooklyn. I woke up at 10 a.m. I was not in, in trouble's way. But then a week after it happened, the city was still very like in a weird lull and things were starting to kick back in because all the flights were grounded and it really, you felt like you were in Independence Day and like Will Smith was about to run down the streets topless because it was just this eerie feeling. So then I was in the subway late at night and it was quiet in New York at the time and there was only one other person on the subway platform. And then I looked at him, and he walked past, and then I was like, no, it's not, because he had a cap on. Like, you know how celebrities wear caps, so you don't see them. I remember back in the early 2000s, it looks like the audience is the right age demographic, Dawson's Creek was a really big thing. Do you guys remember Dawson's Creek? What, not a single yeah. whoop, whoop? Yeah, Liz, there you Liz go. Liz is with me. I'm glad Liz, there's Liz at least one me. guy. The lady's with me, because okay. this was a girl thing. But, like, when I was in high school, like, I don't even remember. It was Sunday nights, I think, and my friends and I, we used to watch it and talk about it at school. So this was 
Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Joshua Jackson, the hot one, not Dawson, the other one, the one who took all the girlfriends. So this actor walking past me in New York City at 2 a.m. randomly is Pacey from Dawson's Creek. So now first you look at him and then he walks away and now I'm like, I can't just stand here, the only other person and not go, like I'm 18, the same moment for me. Yeah, you're right in his target zone as well. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, he was probably 21, I could have, I don't know, but 18 in New York is very young because 21 is the legal drinking age, Americans yeah. are weird. Um, so now I decide, I'm gonna, I've been living in New York now on my gap year, it's already September, so it's like my ninth month, I'm like a local as far as I'm concerned. But now I decide, I'm going to pretend I'm lost and I'm asking for directions in the subway, because then I can make an excuse to talk to him. So I go there, and in my little 18-year-old brain, I'm like, he has to believe I'm a foreigner. <laughs> so I put on a British accent. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me, do you know? Because <laughs> South African accent wasn't exotic enough. I was like, I have to be British to trick this guy. So I was like, do you know which way the subway? And I freaking knew. You've got to do your British accent now. You realize that, oh, right? But you see, no. oh, I can't even. It was not necessarily a good one. It was based on the Spice Girls at the yeah, time. Was it, was it was at least like an upper class? It wasn't like an upper class. I was oh, like, hello. You know, no, yeah, excuse me, Terry, sorry to just, no, I think I was just like, excuse me, do you <laughs> <Yeah>. know? Hello, <laughs> hello, Tracy, hello, Mark, you know, Hey, slapper. No, I was just like, excuse me, do you know which train is going? Is it the G or the F that's coming through here? And then he was like, no, it's the E. And then I realized he was more lost than I was because he actually didn't know which trains were coming through. Was so he also was like, doing a British accent? Because the way he told her, <laughs> no. He was like, well, I think you're fine, <laughs> little lady. <laughs> Can't switch accents mid-story. I'm not that kind of comic. But um, then <laughs> he was like... Um, turns out he was more lost than I was, and I had to convince him which train he needed and not give away my identity that I was a local, by New York standards. And so then basically, I had to, we realized we were in the wrong subway station. I was in the right one. He was in the wrong one. I pretended I was also in the wrong one so I could stay with him like a stalker. Right. So then we were walking through the streets of New York <laughs> together. <laughs> so now I'm with them. But now we're proper having a conversation, and I'm telling him I'm from South Africa, and he's like, I've never met anyone from South Africa. And I was like... That's in my favor. I'm just not South African right now. Um, but then I decided to start phasing out my, my British <laughs> accent so that he can be exposed to an accurate South African accent. Um, at which point, I think I sounded more like a drunk Irish person. <laughs> and I was just like, well, so the thing is that if you go um, down here, but then the thing, you know, oh, you know, I was just all over the place. And like I didn't Leonardo have DiCaprio in blood. <laughs> yes, pretty much. That would have been his inspiration. Yeah. Um, and you, didn't, you didn't take the opportunity to, to, hit a, to hit on him? No, but I did say to him, when I asked him for directions, then he told me, then I convinced him he was lost. Then I said, by the way, you are who I think you are, right? And then he said, yes. And then here, little 18-year-old angel had game. And I was like, I knew you were Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> 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 and then he laughed, and that was the end of that. That's, that's and it was, it was very unexciting. I, I didn't even have, the d like, smartphones didn't exist. I didn't have a camera with me. Uh, we spoke about September 11th. That was the exciting thing that happened for us. And I went home and wrote it in my diary. I actually stopped at the 7-Eleven on my way home to tell the Muslim man who worked there that I met Joshua Jackson. And he, <laughs> and didn't he was care. like, people are trying to kill me. <laughs> yeah, he was like, America. <laughs> he had just the American flag being like, I'm not Osama. Please leave me. <laughs> Which actually is sad. You know, but what the true. Thing, you know where I was? I was very successful at being significantly older than you. I was obviously, I was obviously working in a CD store at the time. And um, 
And remember uh, CDs. I kids. just remember. No, I remember we had these TVs on in the store, and we were kind of watching it live. And um, this American woman came in. She was very angry. I mean, she was buying CDs, but she was still very angry. Mm-hmm. And she was shouting at anybody who would listen. That damn Osama bin Laden. And I was like, none of us had heard of who the hell Osama bin Laden was. We didn't know anything about it. Like, but she was she was determined that it was this person. And I have no idea how she knew. Like, I, I, you know, we'd seen the same TV coverage. So who knew? She just knew. She just knew. Maybe she was I a I think psychic. all Americans just knew, yeah. Uh, anyway, that let's know. create the, the conspiracy theory stuff. What <laughs> TV character do you most want to be friends with? TV character. All right, you can TV or movie character. Yeah. No, I know. I just I'm just skipping through all the TV shows. I'm thinking of a funny slash sincere answer. I don't know which way to go. Then you want to go with Zet. <laughs> what, what is Zet going to add to a friendship? I don't know. It looks like he can fuck like the a machine. The guy woke up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's that's what you want. My, but I don't. I want to say someone from Grey's Anatomy, just because I love them all. Oh, really? Like I love that's my they my family. That's the only people that are my real friends. <laughs> and, and then also, if they're your friend, like I listened to your podcast last week and I heard Nicholas Goliath talking about getting his appendix taken out for no reason. Right. If you're friends <laughs> with someone from Grey's Anatomy and they're a real person, then when you need a sick note. They you can could just, just ask them. Fro- or you could just steal it off their table when they're doing shots. Or you could just ask them, what is with the criminal behavior, Angel? <laughs> you could just, just ask your friend. Because they take a hypocritic oath. They're not allowed to. No, it's true. It's true. No one's ever broken an oath before. No, that's in the true. history of, of ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're right. So, so, I mean, was that, was that the TV show that you, you like most identify with really no no not at all but i mean growing up friends was the tv show that i most identified with. no one wants to be friends with any other friends no they're all horrific if you when you're an adult and you rewatch friends they're all so problematic even chandler who was the funny one (laughs) even chandler no well chandler was everyone's favorite and like because netflix has re-released friends lately and i was watching a few of them and like now that i'm a comic chandler just owned his dad because his dad was a crossdresser yeah what an ass like what yeah what's wrong there's so many problems Plus, no people of color in that show. What is wrong with that group of friends that they're only all white? Nonsense. Russ dated a colored woman. Eventually. And like a black woman, African-Americans, I'm sorry to say. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, you start. Tell them about leaping. the carnival. Yeah, I don't <laughs> be leaping down that fucking path. You mentioned earlier that you're... It's not just like a, like a random black guy. <laughs> well, like I mean, it's Sivan off the television. Yes, yeah, the TV What is it? Why, why do you live with Sivan Gessie from the television? He's wildly successful. Why doesn't he have like a massive house in Clifton? Because and he doesn't know how to buy his own electricity. Okay. <laughs> I'm basically his house manager. Literally okay. two days ago, because I've been in Joburg for two weeks, and then he takes me going, sup? And I was like, hey. And he goes, electricity. So then I buy it through my bank, and then I SMS him the code that oh, they I send see. me. And then he was like, I really need to figure out how to do that myself. So, no, the, the long short of it is, Siv and I have lived together for seven years, and we moved in together when... For seven years? Seven hey, years, hey. Uh, 2017. Woo, I'm here with the jokes. Yeah, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Glad you explained that, because we would have missed it. Shut up. <laughs> but, but no, so Siv and I, we became roommates because of Facebook, because we were Facebook acquaintances, because everyone in Cape Town knows everybody else. And my brother was my roommate through a long series of events, and he was getting married, and so his fiance and him had basically become like my parents in my flat and i was like the noisy teenager who they'd be like shh when i'd get home and i'm like guys i'm 
27. Can I have my own flat? And they were going to move out when they got married, but they weren't looking for a place. And their wedding was like three weeks away. And I was like, you guys are going to be a married couple and I'm going to be your roommate. That's a problem. So I put on Facebook, I'm looking for a new roommate because I figured if I could replace them, if I could say, I've got this person moving in on the 1st of July, you guys got to get out. But then Siv read that and then he messaged me and was like, I'm also looking for a roommate and the rent is the same because those days we put up what the rent was on yeah. our Facebook statuses. <laughs> we were so much more open. And um, then he said, come look at my place. And then I did. And uh, that's how we ended up living together because he lives on the 16th floor. We live on the 16th floor. And the whole glass vista is just Table Mountain. And you oh, almost wow. feel like the alpha when you get in the lift because it's like the second top floor. And everyone's like, what floor? And people are like, three, four. And you're just like, 16. So the first time I went to view the flat, I was just like, yeah, I need to live on 16. Right, yeah, fair enough, you're just fair like, enough. I'm above everyone else. I, I don't think, by the way, I don't think uh, <laughs> Cape Codian, I think, is like coy about it. No. I think they don't put the rent because like tomorrow it could be double that. Like <laughs> yeah. it literally just doubles every second day. It's just That's ridiculous down possible. There. I wouldn't know. I don't know yeah, no, who knows? <laughs> uh, you guys have got 60 second showers. I can't understand it at all. <laughs> I'm very excited to be in Joburg. I'm very clean. No, I'm sure. Look, by the time this goes out, for all we know, you guys have had rain and these jokes are totally irrelevant. No, it's uh, that no matter how much rain we get, that dam is empty. It's going to take two, three years to refill it. These jokes so we can, still, we can we still, can still make still those muck. jokes? Yeah, we're fine. Okay, cool. <sighs> just, I, I just, I just like if there are Cape Tonians listening to this, I want you to know that if you do die of dehydration, I would love your flat. Like, uh, <laughs> like that's a thing I just want to put out there. Um, why does steam come out of my vagina? Why does steam come out of your vagina? Yes. Because the robot you bought that has a vagina is malfunctioning. Oh, thinking, I see. Because that's you I own see, that, that vagina. Was very good. You, you. Because yeah, there's sex bots now. Like I've seen on the internet, yeah. so that would be yours because you bought it. Yeah. Well. Look at I me. I mean, that's a lot of men in this country think about that about <laughs> marriage as well. No, but those those sex bots are sexy. <laughs> like they. Well, I mean, excuse me. Uh, look, okay, they look really good. Here's hey, a you heavy met them? metaphorical, like, like a, like a. It's better than a couch. <laughs> 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 look, because I don't know. I've never, like, I've never slept with a with a couch. Couch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's very kind of you to speak about your ex girlfriend yeah. so well. <laughs> hey, I, I, you know. Whoo! It's not my fault. She's I bi I'm um, biting my tongue a lot about <laughs> references I don't want on the internet either. Sure, yeah, I know my entire podcast <laughs> with Robbie Collins was just him making fun of the fact that I'm going to die alone, so <laughs> I'm going to try and stop this from going down the exact right. same path. Um, which South African celebrity do you wish nothing but unhappiness? Well, I mean, we've already thrown shade at Steve Hoffmeyer. Yeah. Um, I really feel, me and Steve Hoffmeyer have had a few Twitter fights, um, we're not friends. I think, uh, that's a, I think that's an important thing as, a, as somebody who wants to be famous in South Africa, passage. what you've got to do is you've got to get Dan Root. Uh, David Bullard, mm -hmm. Steve Hoffmeyer to block you. <laughs> like it's very important. <laughs> like if you can, you can make that happen. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know any other South African celebrities that I don't love. Really? I, wh who? What? I want to ask you the same I'm question. No, I mean, so it's not a functional first date where I'm not asking you anything. Yeah. No. I, I, I hate them all. You, uh, like every I, single I celebrity. Genuinely, have nothing but loathing <laughs> <laughs> for. 99% of South Africa's celebrities, and I think the ones that I, I don't have loathing for, <laughs> <laughs> I have open desire to murder. <laughs> like, 
I feel safe in the fact that I'm not considered a celebrity by you. Oh, yeah, no, no. You see, that's the nice thing about comedians is I don't consider any of them celebrities. Like, I don't think any of us... Not even Trevor. You know, all you, No, all you have to do... I mean, look, Trevor, fine, but he's not our celebrity anymore. He's an American celebrity, you know, so I'm talking local. Like, um, but, you know, you know like, I, I look at, for example, the, the amount that people get paid to appear at corporate events, right? Mm -hmm. And if you look at the amount, the, the number one, the number one on the list is the South African rugby captain. Like he gets, he gets like a hundred and fifty. Who's that? Sia Kulisi. No, I he's the West. I don't know who that is at the moment. I d <laughs> <laughs> You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Like it's so that person, whoever it is at that time, <laughs> they get like a hundred and fifty thousand. Nas Buerta. Like, yeah, Nas Nas Buerta. <laughs> it's Nas Buerta. He's a Nas guy. Yeah, it's like a hundred hundred and fifty thousand rand, and then they show up and they do like five minute talk, and then they take some photos with your 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 team members or whatever. And then they get 150,000 rand and then they go home. But that's not a celebrity. That. That's a sporting hero. Yeah, but hang on. Underneath that okay. is other sporting heroes. Yes. Then underneath that, is you Oscar. get the kind of the big bands. No, you get like your big bands, like, uh, you know, your... And, but that's like five people, you know, so the Palatones get like 120,000 or whatever. Or Mikasa or whatever. They get like that kind of money to show up and perform. And then, and then you kind of slowly start going down the order. And then it's like the famous motivational speakers... And then below the famous motivational business talk guys and radio guys, and then there's kind of journalists, <laughs> and then you just you just keep fucking digging the hole deeper Setting and deeper and deeper, and right at the bottom, right at the bottom, like <laughs> down there where where even Joe's mechanic store can afford <laughs> you for the end of your function. That's where the comedians are. Like you can afford two dozen times for me to come to your your corporate event <laughs> in return for one Springbok rugby player. You know, like that's, so for me, comedians like we're down there. We're not. We're we're people. You know, we're we're like you and me. Like, don't spit us in the face. Don't don't come up to us and spit us in the face in the in the shopping center. Like like, like stop doing that to me. Like just stop doing that to me. I'm not famous. Something. <laughs> That upsets you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, you know, like... I'm just, I so being spat in the <laughs> face is a, is a hazard for celebrities? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> These are, I'm learning. This is an educational yeah, show. Yeah, so, so that's why I say, like, all of those guys, like, if you, if you, you know, are a, a celebrity at all, if you play for the South African netball team... In fact, the South African netball team are so famous, <laughs> that their, mothers, their mothers appear on, like, Dancing, Dancing with the Stars. Dancing shows, that's yeah, true. So that's how, that's how big our sports stars are. No, it's not. Isn't comparison. it Wade for Nikak's mother? And it's oh, I don't know. I've lost complete track of everything. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, I'm genuine. You're wrong. You're wrong. Anyway, so, so, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, most of them can die in a fire. And those of them who don't die in a fire well, my like roommate to strangle to death with my own hands. My, my roommate is a South African celebrity, so please okay. don't wish him ill. But didn't he start out like a comedian? Yeah, although he puts comedian at the bottom of his slashy lists. What's a slashy list? That like sounds the like the people you want to kill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. so we're okay. the last ones he wants to kill and the last ones he oh wants good. to spit well in the face nice. off. That's nice. I'm <laughs> glad Sim at least does that. What, what's the number one? Like, has six-pack. Oh, okay. Uh, actor. <laughs> okay. Actor, six-pack, MC, TV actor presenter. has six-pack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't drink beer, just yeah, six-pack. Lives pack. with Angel Campy. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm below comedian, I think. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> no, I'm glad. Have you ever done a murder? Um... <laughs> <laughs> no. Damn, this is the first one of my great questions that you said no, no to. I know. I'm really disappointed. No, I haven't. But I have held my cat when the vet murdered her. Okay. So that, I mean, it's not a happy story. Yeah, I mean, story. it's not, it's not, it's not as I've exciting. I've been there when yeah. a life has been taken. <laughs> I was, I was, what is it, a, a, a participant to a murder? Uh -huh. uh, what's it? 
So basically, accomplice. if I wanted the interesting story, I should have had your vet here, is what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> they commit murders all yeah. day, every day. Jeez, but she guys. peed on me when she died, so <laughs> she got the last laugh. <laughs> do, you, do you think your vet goes to women and goes like, you know what I do all day? Murder <laughs> pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I think he should. <laughs> I kill the pussy in my yeah. arms. Sure. Mm-hmm. So how did, how did you become a comedian? Like, what kind of dysfunction happened to you during your teenage years, like during your childhood? Did you did your parents not ground? You? Did they not did they not hit you enough? Like what? I d- I did get hit actually. Okay. Um, but my grandmother denies it now, so she's taken <laughs> away my joy. Alzheimer's. Yeah. yeah, she really she's like rubbish. I never raise your hand. I bragged about the because she I I burnt the bath in the downstairs section. My grandpa had just built. You burnt the. B- this is downstairs, a good story. No, but we lived in a little cottage, okay? So my grandpa built, built this little house on the seaside. Fair enough. I'm not trying to act like I had no privilege. But I was raised by my grandparents for a lot of my childhood. And my grandpa built the whole house himself. And it was all built out of hardwood. And it was built in the 40s. So those porcelain baths and the old cisterns. And we had a, like a rainwater tank for our water. But then there was like a basement section that he then built a little bathroom on. But then he bought a plastic bath for the bathroom down there. But I'd never encountered a plastic bath because I'd only ever known them through porcelain. Because privilege, yeah. Well, because old people. (laughs) I don't know, because my dad and my grandpa were the same age. So everything about my life was born in the 20s. Um, So so then I burnt a a test, like a math test or whatever, because... I was normal. And then I was burning the test. But every kid likes to play with, like, pyromania. So now the the paper was on fire. So then I ran and threw it in the bathtub. And instead of turning on the water, which was my intention, I was like, well, it's in the bath. Let me just watch this. So then I made, like, this little fire in the bath. But then I melted a hole in the bath Uh, because it was plastic. And I didn't realize. And it was brand new. Like, he just installed it the week prior. And then you caught a beating. Well, then I didn't tell anyone oh, because no one <laughs> went down there because my grandparents' joints were not so great. So the ba- downstairs was my <laughs> section. But then the one, like a month later, I forgot about it. And I was in the bath upstairs, naked and vulnerable. And then my grandmother had decided that she was too filthy to wait for me to finish. So she made her way down the stairs and found the, the, the After leaky. After which she was asked me to ask you about your filthy grandma. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, wait for me to get out the bath, Nana. Why are you battling the stairs on your own? But she went downstairs without me, and she found the hole in the bath, and then she came up furious. Her biggest anger was the fact that I had lied and not owned up to it at the time. Right. But then she said, stand up, and she grabbed around for anything to beat me with, and she <laughs> took the toilet brush that was next to the toilet, and then she just whacked my little naked bum a whole bunch of times, which was fair. I'm not saying that. I'm sorry. Corporal punishment is fine. But then I got nice little bruises, and then I could brag at school for, like, weeks, like, look at my bruises, which to this day my grandmother tells me is a fabricated story, and it's not. You know, why doesn't she hit you again then, though, if you're making the story up? Like, she's really, like, angry about lying. And she's always like, rubbish, I never beat you. So to to loop (laughs) back to why I became a comedian... um, Sivangezi made me become a comedian. Oh, really? Yeah. So we'd been living together thanks to Facebook for about three weeks and I used to just tweet stupid funny jokes and I had a blog because I was a failed actress. I was still living off the money I'd saved in Korea at the time. And Is that blog still around? Yes. It's called randomhighfives.com. Okay. I have not written on it for ages because as soon as I started real stand-up, the pressure to be funny on my blog just yeah. kind of intimidated me. But it still exists. Sometimes brands pay me to write blog posts. <laughs> I'll do it. Um, <laughs> But so my blog had quite a big following. Actually, my blog 
that I got asked to do the TED Talk based off my blog. They sent me an email going, we've never seen you on stage, but your blog's funny, so okay. can you do it? So it worked for its, its oh, so It's not like one of those shameful blogs. No, it was just, I just took a corner of the internet that I was like, here's funny things. Like I remember one of the blog posts I did was the top 10 things that will confuse aliens when humans are extinct. Um, because look at like the pyramids of Egypt and stuff. Like we don't know what really that was about because that civilization doesn't make sense to us anymore. So then I was saying, if the Armageddon happens or the rapture and then in a million years they find Earth and now they're looking at, they won't have music or anything like they won't understand that so my my number one so i talked about the pyramids and then all the different religious icons that will make no sense to aliens in the future and um and just computers in general because they won't work and they won't know what all these little pieces of glass we all had were um the number one thing was the wonder bra though because that wouldn't have yeah. made sense yeah. what is this padded thing what was its purpose so that was what my blog was and then Siv said to me like you're funny you should say some of that on stage and I was like yeah okay like you know sitting at two roommates sitting late at night next morning my phone rings and it was Rustam August RIP he used to run all the comedy in Cape Town and he was like Hey, Angel, Siv says you want to start stand-up. I've got a gig. I want to open mic. It's in three weeks. And I was like, whoa. Wow. No, I just, I just said yes, like hypothetically. I don't have jokes. And he that was is like, a very enthusiastic promoter. Because me, like, I hate it when new people start comedy. <laughs> they must all, no one must start comedy. Because I don't need the fucking competition. You know, like I don't. But Rustam, don't. no one, like Rustam, I mean, Rustam was special yeah there was yeah, no yeah. there was no competition because he was just dying every time <laughs> <laughs> he didn't care yeah, yeah. no he he i mean it's a joke no, no, he's no, dead I mean, now but <laughs> he died of cancer for everyone listening but he was he was the cornerstone of cape town comedy and he was great and so he he was doing and if you remember like in 2011 there were very few females especially up and coming so there was mel jones tracy class yeah. celeste and tuli was still very new back then so they were hunting for women so which men generally are anyway, <laughs> I feel. Yeah, but so particularly those obs comics. <laughs> yeah. Quote me on that, Stuart Cairns. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so my first time was bullied by Rustam, and, and he said, it's five minutes, write something, you've got time. And I didn't tell, much like Nick uh, Goliath last week was talking about his first time, and he said he didn't tell anyone, he just went to the underground. I didn't tell anyone. I was like, this is going to be terrible. Um, but... Just that same day that Rustam called me, Eddie Kassar called me, who runs the Cape Town um, Funny Festival. And he, because I was still a failed model at the time. Right. So he said to me, your friend gave me your number. I run the Funny Festival. I need you to work every night for the next 30 nights for in the Funny Festival to walk out stage wearing a bikini as part of a skit. I'll pay you 500 rand a night. For 30, that's what the comics earned. I was like, I'll do it, Eddie. I'm in. I mean, I not said, for you. Yeah. I'll do it, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, anyone like, would have done it. If you're listening to this, Eddie, I'll do it. <laughs> Come there. So Eddie Kassar phoned me on the same day, and I said to him, sure, except I need the 29th of June off because I'm doing my first open mic set. So I can do all the nights except for that one. And he was like, random. Okay, I'll, we'll replace you on that one night. So then, like, Two nights later, I'm backstage at the Funny Fest with Mark Lottering, Alan Committee, Stuart Taylor, like the biggest in the Cape Town industry, and Eugene Corza was there, like everyone. And they like, wait, this, because then I, I was still skinny, I hadn't found beer, and I, and, but I used to like paint on a six pack, like with, with like bronzer, so I'd draw it on so it was a bit better illusion. And it was weird as well because the whole audience of the Funny Festival is a Muslim predominantly audience, and then 
the part of the skit was that they would choose someone to win an award and then I would walk out in a string bikini and then I would look at the person um, and the first person I'd run out and then kiss them and give them the award and then I'd come out in the second half bikini and then the crowd would lose their mind slash be incredibly offended because they're Muslim and what am yeah. I doing? I'm like one of those like Indian Premier League cheerleaders just right. like offending everyone. And um, so then I would come out and then I would say, no, that person's too ugly. That was the gag. And then Carl Wasty, the DJ from Good Hope FM, would come out in a bikini and go and jump on the person. So that was the gag. So then I was, as a comic, so blessed because I got to be backstage with the best in the business who were then giving me tips about what I should do for my first ever open mic. And I got to watch them every night right. and see because most people, like you know, Nick was saying last week, that he didn't know you had to have material and you had to have a set. I didn't know that either. But now I've got three weeks of prep behind the scenes right. at the Baxter at the Cape Town Funny Festival and I'm watching them do the exact same sets but tweaking it depending on the audience and changing up material. So I was in the most fortuitous place to do my first ever stand-up but I didn't tell anyone. I went to the club to do my first set and, I, and some of my friends got wind of it, thank goodness, because they filmed it and I've still got the footage and it's oh, wow. so precious. Yeah, um, And it went surprisingly well. Um, the audience knew it was my first time so they were incredibly uh, generous but the jokes, were like even the lead up to the punchlines were getting laughs. And I was telling people like, shh, that's not the punchline. Stop laughing. I didn't realize you can let them <laughs> laugh. I was like, wait, it's not funny yet. Uh, and then the next night I went back backstage at the Baxter and all the comics gave me that slow clap standing yeah. ovation because they'd heard that it had gone well. So that was, that was it. That's how I started. Yeah, um, it was a perfect storm of Sivan Gezi, Rustam August and Eddie Kassar of all people. You know what I took away from that whole story? I mean, <laughs> like it's a, it's a great story and it's, I'm, I'm envious in a way, but I took away that if we give young comics 500 grand, <laughs> they will walk onto a stage twice <laughs> in, in skimpy bikini. bikinis, <laughs> which I really like. Listen, yeah, uh, that 500 rand for 30 days made a yeah, big difference. Again, Stuart Penns, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Angel Cappy. Thank you.